Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded Let's get, let's get a quick... Test on the on the mics too, so I can check mine. One two three, check one two. Go ahead and check yours. Yeah, I'll check one two. One two one check two one two. You good? Check one two one. One two one two. All right, check yours now. Check one two. Check one, one two. two. Check. Can you one, hear two. me? Yeah. You good. All right, listen. Okay. I'm gonna go back and listen to it now. All right, we should be good. Check, check, check. I'm always low, man. I can turn it up, and it always works out better in the, when I'm able to con- condense the audio, compress the audio, but uh, in the podcast version. But um, all right, we're good. All right, streaming live now.
Yo, what's up, ladies and gentlemen? I'm Truth Seeker. This is the Truth Seeker Podcast. Got another exciting show for you guys today. We're going to get into some good conversation and dialogue. I like to talk to interesting people about their stories and mix it in with spirituality and, and faith and hope and love and things like that. And so um, I think that everybody has a piece of the puzzle to kind of bring something to the table and to take that piece, put it together and formulate a picture. And so there's so many different people out there who are doing things that's working for them, whether it's, um, you know, we have people on here who are coming off of drug addiction, people who are coming out of gang involvement, just negative lifestyles in general. And there's a process that, that they have to go through and, and things that are happening for them and things that are working. And so I just love to have conversations with these people and hear their stories of redemption and how they're making a difference in the world now. And essentially how this podcast was, was started is just having conversations like these over the telephones for hours on the end with, uh, with uh, myself and friends, um, two, three hour um, phone calls that when we got done with the conversation, we're just like, man, I wish, you know, other people could hear this. I wish we could record this conversation and share it with people. So therefore we got into podcasting and doing like Bible studies and things like that over um, conversation and using blog talk and different tools like that, bringing callers in and stuff, other people coming into the show and started podcasting back in 2011. So essentially this is what this is. This is just a conversation. Um, I don't really have any questions planned. I do have some some uh, places I want to go with, with the interview today. Um, I'm good friends with, with this brother. We're going to get into this interview here shortly, and it's going to be exciting. Uh, before I go any further, I got to say a huge thank you to everybody who is supporting my work on Patreon, everybody who's supporting the channel, supporting the podcast, the music, and everything that I bring to the table. Um, if you want to do that, you can head on over to patreon.com backslash truthseeker. And there you get access to a bunch of cool features that we have, some rewards and different tiers. So you get access to the Patreon only Facebook group. And that's where we have discussion there. And we talk about different guests that people want to see on the show. You get access to my full discography. It's like 10 plus albums that I've released. Uh, we have exclusive merch over there only for the patrons. And uh, when I record a song, people are waiting on new music. When a song is done, the music is uploaded directly to Patreon. So many people are waiting on new music and new albums to come out my way. There's a bunch of new music over there and it's exclusively for people who partner with me and support over there from uh, month to month, anywhere from a dollar, $5, $10 a month, whatever uh, you choose to do, all of it helps. And so a huge thank you again to everyone who is supporting my work through Patreon, patreon.com backslash truth seeker. So you guys enabled me to uh, create podcasts. And so I uh, release this stuff for free. It's free to consume, but it's not free to produce. So thank you again, everyone. All your donations, all your help and support. It means a lot. So our guests for this evening, Jay Payne, Jeremy Payne. What's going on, my brother? Welcome to the show. Glad to be here. It's good, man. From Juggalo to Jesus Freak, man, it's kind of the uh, the catchphrase, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's cool. It's cool because... Um, usually when someone's what we call in the world, when someone is, is lost, somebody is just out there reckless living, living life and they come out of their lifestyle, whether it be gang involvement, drug involvement, whatever type of uh, lifestyle they come out of in your case, you know what I'm saying? Being really big into the juggalo movement, when God saves you from that stuff and that lifestyle, 
he usually sends you back to it. Um, yeah. I know people who will come out of like the gay lifestyle and the the rave scenes and stuff like that and just all, all types of stuff. And then they go back, not yeah. to like judge the people, but to, you know what I'm saying? show that they're one of them and uh and to love on them and and there's a there's a reason that they were in it to begin with right so tell us a little bit about your story man about being in the Mm -hmm. whole juggalo uh scene and then coming out of it to where you are now okay uh i I pretty much got into the juggalo scene when i was uh about 14 um and i was in it pretty hardcore like from the very start for the next like three years so 17 um, and though I grew up around church, uh, you know, pretty much my parents didn't live it. <laughs> uh, I think that's the typical American household generally. Um, but, uh, when I was 17 is when I surrendered to God. Um, I felt, I felt him speak to me pretty, pretty intensely. And I went home that night and I pretty much threw away all my music, <laughs> uh, as much clothes as I could. I pretty much threw away everything. And I was in I was in church solid for about a year, um, but the church I was in was very legalistic, um, and uh, you know I'm not going to say that the move God wasn't there, the pastor didn't have anointing on him because that would be a lie. But there was just so much legalism there that uh, it just it didn't it didn't line up with the Bible, um, and and that's not even why I left. I left ultimately because uh, I got to a point where I wasn't feeling uh I wasn't feeling that love that should have been there uh I was pretty much feeling like an outcast of the church so um and I'm pretty sure it was just the enemy speaking to me but it's pretty much in my mind I was like well if I can't get love where I should be I can always get it from my peeps (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh so so I went right I went right back to the culture um and I was back in it for probably another three or four years um give or take um, uh, but ultimately it took me while I was gone or while I was away from the church or, or however you want to put it, uh, I knew where I needed to be yeah. and I, I was longing for that place with God again. So it took me about three years or whatever to get back there with God. But it, eventually I, you know, I got back, back to my walk. Um, I ended up youth pastoring for a few years. Um, doing outreach and uh, 2010 was where I released my first uh, the Demon Kill album uh, volume one in 2010 Uh, and I was I was really pushing hard to reach to the juggle culture and I really didn't see any maybe a couple that were slightly doing it um, but I didn't see anyone really going hard with it until about 2012 I came across Joe Hamblin um, which was, uh, he was the founder or is the founder of, uh, from Juggler to Jesus Freak. And from there, things just started falling into place. And it was crazy because, uh, I was, I was mentioning to you last night or whatever, but I, I was supposed to go to the gathering while I was in that lifestyle, but I ended up, uh, finances fell through and I didn't go, go, but now that I'm, you know, now that I'm saved and I'm not living that lifestyle, I've gone to the gathering like three or four years now. Yeah. Um, to do outreach. It's just crazy. Like, you know, how God works things, but no, it, it initially, like I, I, before I even got into juggalo culture, you know, I pretty much had that mindset or that appeal beforehand. Cause I was really into, 
you know, the murderous rap or grittier yeah. rap, um, you know, the more underground stuff uh, yeah. or things like that. So, I mean, I, it, I, I'd pretty much say I was like that to begin with. <laughs> it's just, it's, I didn't really find that click until I was about 14. Yeah. So talk a little bit about the culture because I mean, just for somebody who doesn't know what it is, I know it's kind of like a buzzword now. Like a lot of people know what it is. A lot of juggalos are even called gang members. Now I know that's like a big thing with the whole hatchet man and ICP movement. They're calling them gang members and stuff, but for, <laughs> for like somebody who doesn't know anything about that culture, what it is, what a, you know what I'm saying? Juggalo is, uh, I guess kind of set that up. And, uh, you know what I'm saying? Just talk a little bit about the culture being really big on family, which I think is a, a is a key, um, you know what I'm saying? Foundation for the juggalo movement. I was, you know, as, as a, as a high school student, I was really big into insane clown posse, you know what I'm saying? And, and call myself a juggalo. We painted our faces and, you know what I'm saying? All, all that stuff. So talk yeah. a little bit about the culture for somebody who has no idea what the heck a juggalo is. <laughs> well, uh, honestly, you probably want to start back with like original horrorcore founding, which I mean, uh, if you know anything about that, you've got people like Bushfoot, Bell, um, Grave Diggers. Um, and then ICP initially started the whole juggalo uh, term or movement or, or made it bigger, should I say. But uh, initially, you know, you had people like uh, um, Brother Lynch Hung and Ishan before them. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I mean, it goes, it goes before each, uh, before ICP, but initially it's, um, it, it's, it's like I said, it's like murderous rap. Horrorcore is pretty much, uh, it, it's how far can you push the envelope? Um, how, uh, how violent, how, how much shock factor, um, you know, can you get with the, with the rap scenario? But, it, it, um, in terms of psychopathic records, uh, specifically, um, and I even see strange music pretty much following that, uh, that line too. Um, it's, it's really family oriented. Um, well, however, like, uh, seeing how things are going now, uh, you know, I know there's a big divide in the culture, uh, because of, uh, the artists, uh, splitting and having indifferences, uh, and starting their own labels and stuff like that. But yeah. it really, um, from the beginning, it's always been uh, family oriented, and it's and it's usually been a push towards the um, the less fortunate, the lower or, class uh, white white uh, kids, yeah, 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 lower class white kids or the ghetto trailer park kids, like that. yeah, pretty much trailer park. <laughs> white trailer trash. I'm straight, I'm straight out the trailer park myself, man. Yeah, so I fit yep, right so. in. Yeah, but uh, but speaking about um, uh, the whole gang affiliation, uh, it's it's crazy. Uh, it's crazy because. Uh, even though I'm not, it, it's hard because I'm part of the culture, but I'm not. I'm like, I'm in that gray area, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, when I when I went through divorce with my daughter's mother, um, juggalo gang affiliation was one of the things used against me in court. <laughs> mm. mm -mm. Um, and I wow. was like, this is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the whole time. Granted, the the judge really, uh, the judge really, you know, she asked me about, you know, were you like this before she met you, you know, this and that. So she pretty much dismissed it. But the whole time, all these months before, while I'm waiting for this trial, I'm like, man, <laughs> this is bad. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not looking like, good. What what do I? Yeah, what do I say to this? Like, you know, yeah. 
Um, so that definitely, um, that's definitely a very real and present issue in that culture. I know there's a lot of people, there's some people that aren't even part of the culture anymore, but they got a tattoo on their hand, like the hatchet man. Yeah. And, and they get discriminated for it. I mean, me having, uh, cause we got the cross man logo, the hybrid logo, uh, yeah. for, from struggle of Jesus freak. Um, and it's got him hair, carrying the cross and so the hatchet, but, uh, having that on my back window, I've gotten pulled over several times. And they give me bogus reasons, and I know it's because I have a logo on my, the back of my yeah. um, <laughs> See if they can know, smell any cop, marijuana or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I had one cop pull me over, and he told me he pulled me over for, uh, he said my parking light was out. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, I- I'm driving. How do you know my parking light's out? And then uh, he proceed, uh, proceeded to ask me if I had any paraphernalia or drugs or any weapons on me. And I was like, are you serious, dude? <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but it, that's definitely an issue present in the culture. But ultimately, the culture revolves around um, uh, rap that pushes the envelope and yeah. and uh, uh, a unity. And, and and going along with that unity, that family scenario, uh, at, being at the gathering, a lot of uh, you know the security that that oversees the gathering and stuff like that. Um, I've even heard some of them say they saw less violence or less fights at the gathering than they do at a country concert. I know that's crazy. Yeah, that's that's, cra- that's crazy. You would you would ima- I mean, with such violent music, you would you would imagine the opposite, but it's not. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's just this such such a need for um, acceptance, and what the Juggalo community provides is for the the people who are essentially outcast to actually come together and. Um, and be a family because, yeah. Be, yeah. yeah, yeah, and you know what I'm saying, have a sense of that, you know what I'm saying, that they have purpose and, and that they're special. And so, like, a lot of the people, a lot of the kids who are involved with it are people who grew up without mom and dads or their, or, or their mom and dad worked all the time or they was, uh, you know what I'm saying, fighting in the household, people coming from broken homes. And then just like a gang would receive somebody in and you have a gang leader or whatever, someone who's like a father figure, that's essentially what, the uh, movement is about and um but to see like um there's like a lot of drug use um yeah yeah like you said like a a lot a lot of over infatuation with with violence with murder cutting people's heads off stabbing people and they sing about it in 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 songs and stuff like that so essentially with the whole horrorcore um um genre is for those of you don't who don't know it's essentially like a uh, horror movie like if you was to watch texas chainsaw massacre and turn it into a rap song or a rap album or any of your 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 whole your whole scary movies and stuff like that um i remember listening to um grave diggers when i was a kid and i i found <laughs> I, I i was a little kid listening to grave diggers and i actually i actually found out about them because i was a big fan of horror movies and we had the the movie um demon night and then we got the demon night <laughs> soundtrack with uh with a uh, you know what I'm saying billy zane which is a, a great horror movie but um the uh the uh, soundtrack had filter on there that song hey man nice shot which is an amazing song but then they had this other song on there by the grave diggers and it was uh i think it was called um one nine hundred suicide and uh, just a <laughs> random song and i'm listening i'm like i'm probably eight nine years old and uh, I'm listening to a song about killing yourself as a little kid. And yep. it's like, it's over. And then I wonder four or five years later, why I had an over infatuation with maybe trying to kill myself when I got depressed. And then it's coming through the music as a little kid, 
you know, and, and they're, and they're going through all these scenarios on great ways to kill yourself. And, um, and like almost like compelling you to do it. And it gets crazy, man. Talk a little bit about some of the stuff that's in there that, that, that now that you look back up on it, you see how it kind of affected you as well. Like just some of the lyrics, whether it's ICP or Gravediggers or whatever. Um, honestly, man, it's, 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 when I got when I got saved, uh, you know, my eyes opened a lot. But uh, I'd have to say, even when I became a, a father, my eyes opened even more um, because the music. I mean, I I know all, I knew all the lyrics by heart, and and it was crazy. Um, I I never saw anything wrong with it. You know, you're. I mean, you typically have people saying that, um, and I'm not trying to bash on ICP, but typically people, you know, juggles. Well, ICP's Christian. But I, I, I'm sorry, you know, you know, the fruit, fruit of the tree tells me what tree it is. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're talking about being promiscuous, doing drugs, killing people, stealing or, 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 or witchcraft or something right. like that, it's yeah. obviously telling me you ain't fruitful of God, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, um, and, I and I, and I, and I think, and, and, and it's not bashing. It's, it's just, it's just, it's, it's, uh, trying to paint the tree for what it is, you know, and, and being yeah. at the gathering, man, there's, it's sad, man. Like the, the kind of stuff you see, I, uh, you know, there was, there was, uh, there was a woman at one of the gatherings where she literally just, you know, and <laughs> it's a little explicit to say, but she literally was like bent over, uh, uh, like a fence or whatever. And there was just a line of dudes going, yeah, through, that's just insane. you know, and that's, yeah, that's insane. Like, and, and, and me as a father, like, I'm like, Mm -hmm. you know, I would never want to see, like, Mm. it's, it's just, it, it, like, it pricked my heart. I'm like, man, like, that's someone's daughter, you know, uh, you know, and even more so that's a, that's whether, whether she's living for God or not, that's, that's God's child, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's just, it's, it's rough, but, um, uh, as, as, as a personal influence, um, I grew up very broken home. Uh, both my parents had very big issues on their own uh, between the two. Um, so I grew up very bitter and hateful. Um, so the music drew me in that much more. Um, but, but what, what I find and people, people are like, a lot of people are just like, it's just music. It's just music. It's just music, but it's, uh, it's nonsense. Uh, music amplifies emotion. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why we use it in mute movies. We even use it in war. Um, you know, uh, it, it, it will amplify the emotion you're going for. So if I'm hateful or I'm dealing with issues of that nature or I'm suicidal and I listen to stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. There's people that don't, you know, it doesn't really push them, but the majority it's going to stir your, it's going to stir your thought, you know, yeah. it's going to, it's going to push you further in that direction. You know, I mean, if you're smoking weed, you're going to, you're going to play something about smoking weed. You, you, you get yeah. romantic, you're going to play something like that. Exactly. I mean, it, get you, in the mood. you know, it, it goes, it goes, it goes that perspective. So, I mean, mm-hmm. um, for me, horrorcore drew me in really bad because uh, I, like, I was, I was a hateful kid, man. I, I, I was bitter. I was hateful. I was, uh, I was confused. And then, and then the whole, uh, like I said, I grew up in a, like a, a broken home and pretty much hypocritical quote unquote Christian home. But, uh, you know, there was no there was no foundation there. So when I heard ICP talking about the dark carnival and and yeah. little quotes about God or things like this, I'm like, yeah. oh, I can be Christian and be evil at the same time. Yeah. You know, 
Um, so, so that engulfed me too. I was, yeah. I, I didn't have a, you know, a, a divide. Yeah. I see where they're coming from as far as the whole Christian thing. And like, Hey, we've been Christian the whole time. We just couldn't, we just couldn't tell you. Like I could see the gimmick as far as, uh, these wicked clowns who are repaying people for their sins. Like whatever you do, you're going to get the karma back. If you, and the, uh, the uh, people that they attack are people who have like made bad choices or when you die, this is when you're going to get your retribution. Even though you've lived yeah. a, uh, a lavish life on the earth and you've been rich and you've enjoyed the, the, the whole um, delicacies that the world has to offer, but you are a bad person. You beat your wife, you, you beat your kids and stuff. And now it's our turn to torture you that, that type of stuff. So almost like God's uh, wrath or like God's retribution <laughs> to people who are getting away I, with doing that, that kind of stuff, you know? I, I do follow that. Like I, you know, that's, I, I honestly feel like if they would have done it differently, that the whole aspect would have been awesome. Um, I mean, there are there are a lot of good aspects to it. Yeah. Um, uh, but the one thing that really bothers art, me about as, it, as far as the art is concerned. Yeah. No. Yeah. That that's that's what I'm talking about. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, I I I have an issue with the you know stuff that they boast about or exactly. How yeah. They, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're kind of doing the same thing about forward, the, but yeah. But uh, the. Well, it's like you know the 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 thief says at least I don't kill. You know, mm-hmm. like, you know, you're both wrong. You know, you know, the Bible says, you know, that I'm to I'm to tend to the speck in my own the beam of my own eye before I tend to my brother's speck. So, you know, if your yeah. life isn't right, how can you how can you how can you comment someone else's? But the but the initial issue I've I've always had since I got saved was um, the kind of message that I hear coming from that, even if it was sound, um, is a works based salvation. Um there's no there's no blood of christ there's no um deliverance or yeah i don't think that's ever been like been that. shared or, yeah yeah it's 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 pretty much you either do good or you do bad and and that's how you get your reward or get your punishment but you know i mean you and i know very well that that we we are saved by grace there's there's yeah. nothing we can do to to save ourselves <laughs> yeah so you um you're in, in the culture, you're into this negative music about killing people, about kidnapping people, putting them in a trunk and being the, the, the whole neighborhood serial killer. They got songs about kidnapping people and killing them and riding around with dead bodies in your trunk for weeks and months at a time. And, and your yeah. car stinks because you got <laughs> bodies in your trunk. Like this is the kind of music that they're talking about. Right. And a lot of it's catchy and, and, and stuff like that. And it's part of that whole weird sub subculture and, and and there is an entertainment value to it right just like watching a scary movie or something but you you actually come out of that you get saved you have this revelation of christ jesus touches you and then you feel compelled to go back to those people to go back to the culture and not just forget about them like i got saved and i'm you guys are demonic i'm staying away from you guys which a lot of christians do you know what i'm saying they 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 just stay in the church they stay in the church and they and they do Christian rap concerts at the church to others for other saved people. And, I, you know, I come out <laughs> of that as well. And they're trying to win the loss, but they're just preaching and rapping the church kids, you know. Yeah. And um, and um, so you actually come out of that. You have a passion to go back in there. So stylistically, the whole uh, genre of what is called horrorcore, which it has a feel to it. It's, it's like a 
darker themed, but you can still do that type of music as far as stylistically, but then the lyrics from your lyrics are, are about bringing hope, or you can paint a picture about the evil, yeah. tormented person that you was by your demons and by your past and by your sins, but you put a twist on it and say, now I found salvation through Christ. And so I was this evil person. I would rob you. I would try to fight you or, or kidnap you or whatever the case is, but now I'm this. And so you're, you're doing music essentially based on that, going into the culture and, and trying to win them with a, with a style of music that um, they, they uh, like, or they're used to. So we got a couple questions in the chat room. People want to know about the face paint. And I guess if, if people All aren't, right. <laughs> yeah, if people aren't, familiar with the insane clown posse they paint their faces up like uh like like clowns and then even people who are just affiliated with psychopathic records and just horrorcore in general tech nine all, like like all of them paint paint their faces so talk a little bit about the face paint and about yours and people want to know if it has any significance and someone even said that you are uh, you're a jesus freak but you're uh, you have uh, Satan face paint on. And I know you get this stuff all the time, being a Christian, <laughs> going back into that realm. So talk a little bit about their face paint uh, and then talk a little bit about yours as well. That's, uh, that's, that's uh, my, my, my new album I just released, Ride or Die. Actually, the title track pretty much is breaking down the whole, the whole face paint aspect or, or coming out of the culture. Um, but the whole devil face is probably the typical uh, <laughs> typical thing I get from church folk. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 what kill what kills me about that, um, you know, just real quick is is that's so Hollywood. Um, you know, where biblically are you getting that from? Um, yeah. You know, where where? Give me scripture. Um, any scripture I've read about the devil says he appears to be an angel of light. You know, mm -hmm. uh, uh, makes himself appear beautifully or whatever. So. So this whole red horn devil type stuff just doesn't make sense to me biblically or theologically. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, ultimately, the the face paint is supposed to represent. Um, it, it just happened like when I was working on my first uh, the first Demon Kill album in 2010, and I was very amateur at that point. But I was trying to come up with a concept um, to uh, symbolize um, coming out of the culture. Um, and I just ended up coming up with this. I mean, it was very simple, but it, like it pretty much caught on. <laughs> um, but what it, what it's supposed to symbolize is pretty much two things in one. Um, number one, I used to idolize men, uh, that paint their face. You know, I used to put them up on a pedestal. My whole life revolved around them. Um, but now I'm, I'm putting, doing away with that and I'm idolizing Christ. Christ is my savior. Christ is my everything. That is the man, you know, that is the one I look to. Um, and, and above that, um, it's based off Revelation 1, 5. Um, and unto Christ who washed us from our sins in his own blood. So the whole point of the red face is supposed to be being blood bought, being, yeah. being washed of my sins and, and being brought out of that culture. Mm -hmm. That's, 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 that's literally the face paint in a nutshell. And, and it's crazy because I've gotten so much, um, so much flack from, from the face paint or, oh, yeah. or from the and you're gonna, kill you're gonna, it's, you're going to get it in the church realm. Like if you go right. to the world and if that's your, your target audience, which is 
juggalos, you should be fine. But going into churches with the yeah, red face yeah. paint, like we, we were talking about yesterday, you you, you gave an instance where you yeah. go to a, a show, and I've I've had to do it as well, where you you're you're like the only white guy there, right? And then you're the only white guy at this all black church, and not only the only white guy, but your face is painted red <laughs> with blood on it and stuff like that. Grant, granted, like, uh, like, uh, you know, um, typically I haven't gotten any, the times I have had my face painted, whatever, like, you know, pretty good reaction, you know, once I've wrapped and all that, it's just the, the initial like shock factor of like, this dude got his face painted, mm-hmm. what is going on? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, but no, like I, I even had, uh, the Dima Killer volume one, um, I had that in three different Christian stores and uh, one of the Christian stores, uh, one of the copies got bought and someone brought it back and threw a fit <laughs> and complained and complained to the store. And it was like, do you even have an understanding of what you are selling here? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So they, so they pulled that album off. They left like uh, the righteous talk the way album, uh, whatever. Because uh, it was earlier in 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 the music when that happened, but I just ended up going to all all the stores, and I was like, look, I sell more out of my trunk. I'll just, you know, it's it's cool. I'll, I'll yeah, <laughs> dude. I mean, but I mean, you know, what I'm saying you're not the only one, though. I think um, I think Pod when they released their first mainstream album, The Fundamental Elements of Southtown, they had, um, you know, it was sold in the Christian stores, and and there was an image of a dude meditating. It's like a wooden man, and there was all these uh, different symbols and a dove carrying a trinity knot and and stuff like that. And they actually uh, wouldn't sell it, and so they they actually made a blacked out cover with just the whole cover is black except there's a little square in the middle of the album cover where their name is. So it's the it's a black front with just the pod. It's the actual <laughs> album cover, yeah. but you can only see the the name and stuff. And so the Christian bookstores wouldn't wouldn't carry it uh, because there was a dude on it meditating and stuff like that. And um, I remember and that, doesn't, that doesn't that not trying to kill you off. Yeah, go ahead. That, that that instance right there, that instance doesn't make sense to me because the Bible talks about meditating. Yeah. Um. I mean, granted, there are different different practices of meditation, but mm-hmm. just that itself. I yeah. mean, if it's if it's in the Bible. And it's within context. It's, yeah, and uh, this was the early days it, of of Christian rock. You know, this was still this was, was still the early days when that stuff was kind of just you, you know what I'm saying trying to cr- cross over a little bit. And then um, I had some singles when I was when, when I put mm-hmm. out my first Christian rap album. Um, I had some singles that I was submitting to the to the local radio station, and I had uh, I had one of them that like. At a live concert, it was like the best song. So I submitted that one. They loved it. But at the end, there was like, in the song, there was like a gun cock and then a shotgun sound going off, you know? And uh, and it was like, yeah, we can't play it because there's a gun There's a gun sound in it. It was like, really? Well, what? Yeah. <laughs> Christian <laughs> Radio. So I was, like, I was like, you know what I'm saying? Put, you know what I'm saying? Play this other one. So it was cool. They they ended up playing my, my other single that I put out. And uh, it was cool locally been able to ride around and then on Friday nights and Saturday nights you would hear your song on the radio and people calling in requesting it. So that was cool when that happened. But uh yeah, Christian Christian music industry has been squirrely and uh you know what I'm saying what they accept. But now 
pretty almost anything flies. There's been so much stuff come through, and the, the I think the industry is, is saturated with with gospel artists and gospel rap, especially that everybody's a gospel rapper. Um, talking about the red, the uh, the uh, red face and the paint and stuff like that. I remember the gospel rapper um, Minister, who used to be called Sinister, when when he got saved and he come out of uh, gang affiliation and stuff. I don't know if he brought it over or he just started doing it, but he would wear all red and he would wear red bandanas and red rags and stuff like that. And it was to symbolize the blood of Jesus. Not that he was a gang member or, or, or affiliated yeah, with the bloods, yeah. but he said it to him it represented the blood of Christ. And so he wore that everywhere he went. I know, uh, you know what I'm saying? What's his name? Um, Seven and Hog Mob. They wear yeah. purple, all purple. And they were, you know, purple gang rags or, you know what I'm saying? Bandanas, whatever you want to call it. And it's a family, but to them, it represents um, royalty, the purple. That's what it, that's what it represents in, in the scriptures. And so that's what they, they wear and they get mistaken for, for gangs and, and violence and all, all that kind of stuff. But essentially what, they're, what, what Seven's doing is very similar to what you're doing is going back to that culture and going back to those people who are in the ghettos, who are in the hoods, who know the gang slang and the gang language and stuff like that. You're doing the same thing of going back to the, the um, juggalo community and you're speaking their language and they'll listen to you, right? Cause you come out of that stuff. And then, and then you have music that's good. And even with your, your new project, you're actually working with, with Mars who has a similar story. You know, I actually interviewed Mars on the podcast. Y'all can go back and check that interview as well. But Mars was affiliated with Dark Lotus, Insane Clown Posse and stuff like that. So you actually have him on, on your new project. If you want to talk about that relationship with him, because I know you have a, a video shoot coming up as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're, uh, we're shooting a video for a song on Saturday. Um, uh, it's actually going to be an exclusive uh, song. It'll have a, a, the third, third verse will be an a exclusive feature. Uh, from Excalibur, um, and that'll be when the video releases. That'll be for free download in the description of it. So it's like an alternative version uh, from the album. But uh, ultimately, uh, it's crazy with uh, Mars and I. I mean, uh, back in like 2012, uh, we were scheduled to do a show together in Michigan City. There was like a few other artists that were scheduled to go. And then um, Mars ended up not being able to make it. Uh, I think he had a migraine or something. But um, so, you know, we were friends on Facebook. I'd follow him for a while or whatever. But it wasn't until um, just recently when I was uh, uh, starting to work on Ride or Die that I reached out to him. And uh, uh, when uh, when I hit him up, we ended up talking on the phone, you know, and you know, talking about both, both our testimonies pretty much, uh, mm -hmm. chopped it up and he agreed to, uh, agreed to feature on the album and to, uh, come open up at the, uh, album release party when it took place. Uh, and then we've gotten to perform with each other, uh, like I think once or twice since then, uh, he's performed with some of my other peeps, uh, I, other shows I wasn't able to make it, but, um, initially he, uh, man, he's got an amazing testimony. And it was crazy to have him on my album because out of all the groups, Dark Lotus was probably my favorite. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and not only was it my favorite, but honestly, I liked, I liked Mars better than ABK. Yeah. Um, if anyone knows the, the, the whole thing with uh, Dark Lotus, the first album originally had Mars in it with, uh, it was ICP, Twisted, Blaze, and Mars. And then they got rid of Mars uh, from 
from what I understand from everyone, <laughs> uh, Mars was getting so much love that pretty much ICP got mad about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's just the buzz I've I've always heard. But um, uh, they ultimately got rid of him, replaced him with ABK, re-released the album, and I don't know. I just I I, I never felt it back back then uh, like I did the original. But um, it was cool to work with him. It was it was uh, it was amazing to get him and the other cats I got on the album uh, uh, to be on there because I mean I was I was pretty into their music back then so I mean it's it's just crazy to work with them now <laughs> yeah 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 it's it's funny too because um the insane clown posse just put out a single <laughs> where they yeah. were just like dissing everybody they could and there was a line in there where they dissed Mars and they showed his image on the video and stuff and he's been gone for a while and just out the blue um yeah, Violent yeah. J you know disses him and it was so funny to see Mars's response right <laughs> Because <laughs> he didn't, he didn't know about it, but his inbox was blowing up from people. Hey man, you see, uh, uh, you know they they uh dissed you in this new song and all this stuff. And he's just like, oh, I'm praying for them, and I love those guys, and may God bless them and keep them or whatever, just to handle it so humbly. And um, but a lot of people think that 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 came out of the blue, but they've been beefing for a while. And Mars did a Violent J diss song, right? Or the real, yeah. the uh, the uh, real Dark Lotus. So that's almost just like you know their retaliation or retribution for him, uh, you know, dissing them now, you know. But now he doesn't want anything to do with it, and I guess rightfully so. I guess. Yeah, yeah. No, like I mean, I, I gotta say his diss. I mean, I, obviously, I don't agree with, <laughs> with my stance now, but like his diss was rough, man. Uh, that that was. Uh, I mean, I don't. He, he came pretty rugged with that diss. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> but that, that was a while back, man. Um, I, I'm. Yeah, I know. Right. That's what I'm saying. I'm, it's been, it's been a long time. And then Violent J just out the blue. Yeah. Brings up uh, another diss, yeah. And it's funny to me though, man, cause it's, it's, uh, you know, with Mars, Mars and, you know, where he's trying to go with things and push things. Um, it's crazy. Cause honestly, that just made him more relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, exactly. Because I mean, everybody no kind of forgot, kind of forgot no about what what he's doing now. Yeah, yeah. So it sent sent an audience over his way to check him out or what he's doing. Yeah. He's just preaching it's, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I mean, you could almost think that a a, a work of God, you know. Yeah. Don Jay probably didn't even know, it, but you know, God was kind of, <laughs> yeah. you know, pushing that through his mouth. Yeah. But you know, it's yeah. Yeah, just give a quick shout out to everybody who's holding us down in the chat room live. Um, give a quick shout out, Adam Starseed Bay. What's up, brother? We I just had an interview with him, which was amazing. It's going to be out soon. Adam Starseed Bay, um, Jared. What's up, brother? Chris Garner, um, Alyssa, Freedom Gower, Be Easy says whoop whoop. What up, True Seeker? Whoop whoop. What's happening, <laughs> family? <laughs> I went good. to my first uh, Insane Clown Posse concert, um, probably. Um, and this may, this may answer Alyssa's question and I'll tie, I'll tie this in with her question. She says, have either of you ever found yourselves moving away from your faith after having a come to Jesus moment? If so, did you find your way back? How do you know it's the truth? And I'll tie that into my story with my insane clown posse, uh, concert, because, um, it was a time where we we were moving in miracles, praying for people over the phone and just believing God for miracles and seeing like the miraculous happen for 
just healing and people wanting to know Jesus and having an encounter with the Holy Spirit by us praying for them over the phone. And we were meeting together. We were going live on Facebook, praying a lot and stuff like that and seeing God move in a lot of ways. And the insane clown posse was coming to Biloxi over here and uh, in uh, Mississippi to the, by one of the casinos. And I've never been to an insane clown posse concert, but I wanted to go. And I was like, you know what? I don't talk to a lot of my high school friends. Let me hit them up because we were all into Insane Clown Posse in high school. So I was like, let me hit them up and it'd be like a reunion. Let's just all get together. I ain't seen them in 10, 15 years, you know. Let me invite them and we'll go hang out for the night. So I did that and it was a couple guys went. But when I was going to purchase the ticket, like I had a conviction about me, right? I was like, I know I don't need to go to this, but I want to. It's nostalgia. You know what I'm saying? Just for the night, we'll go listen to them. And it, it was the um, Riddle Box tour. And the early stuff is what I was into, right? So uh, I bought tickets. And the weird thing is, it's like when I bought the ticket, I knew that. And it was like a two-week span out for, from the concert. So I bought the ticket. And when I did, there was a conviction there. And from that moment uh, until the concert, I was like, I knew I was doing something wrong. So... It, it got in the way of that connection between me and God, because in order for you to, to flow in the spirit and to walk in true freedom, you got to have everything open and you can't have, you can't hide anything from God. You can't try to trick God. Like, like, I mean, that's the original sin of Adam in a garden, trying to act like he didn't do something or trying to hide his, his sin or his, his emotions or his actions from God. And so me buying that ticket, I knew I shouldn't have did it. And from that point down, I was like, I didn't, I couldn't, I didn't feel motivated to pray. I didn't feel motivated to, to, uh, uh, be a Christian and, and be expressive about it. Cause I knew that I was going to this concert and I knew I was going to have some drinks. I knew I was going to enjoy the music. And there was a conviction there, man, that whole two week process of like from being on a mountaintop. Okay. This isn't just regular life, but we, we were like, there was a lot of awesome stuff happening and I bought the tickets. And so that happened. We went to the concert and, it was just, it was nostalgic. We painted our face up and everything, right? And, um, it, you know what I'm saying? We move in healing and all kind of stuff. And then here we are going to the concert to enjoy and saying Clown Posse. And, like, I ended up putting somebody in the choke lock at the concert, some dude who's probably on some mm. freaking uh, speed or something, man. This dude was getting all crazy. I put him in a choke lock. And then I had all these people around me who I didn't know. So there was a sense of paranoia because, like, I grabbed some random dude and put him in a choke lock. And I'm like, man, he's probably got a crew with him because we're in another city and you go into concerts, like you got to, you don't go by yourself. It was just me and like a couple other people. But then I got paranoid because I'm looking up and people are pointing at me screaming like, Hey, let him go. You blah, blah, blah. Cursor. I'm like, Oh wow. This dude's got friends here. I'm may get jumped, you know? Um, so yeah, it just brought all this negative energy, man. Uh, after that, I had fun. I definitely had fun, but from where I was going with that intimacy with God and walking in miracles and keeping my channel clean, uh, it definitely muddied the waters up. So from that moment, it's like a, it took a long time to get to where I am now and, and, and to be like, have that faith built back up and that confidence Obviously, we could go and partake of anything we want, and there's a there's a, a piece there as children children of God. But I knew I was doing something wrong. It's not like I couldn't go there and go. I wasn't going ministry minded. Put it that way. Like you could do that, and that's what you do with the gathering. You yeah. you, you go to the gathering and hand out 
gospel rap CDs. You pray for people. You guys have a booth and merch and all kind of cool stuff set up at the gathering, which is the big juggalo festival where people come from all over the world for a, a couple of days of camping and just tons of uh, horrorcore artists and just all kind of artists. And, and it's just like the big gathering. And you guys go back to that and, yeah. and, and, and minister. So talk a little bit about going to that realm and stuff and some of the things you've seen at the gathering, whether if you've seen any miracles, if you've seen anybody in tears or people convicted by your conversation or what, man, you know? Yeah. We, uh, I mean, kind of, kind of expounding off of what you were talking about with your personal, uh, instance. Uh, I can't say I've, I've like slid back to like go to a concert or something like that. But, um, uh, I, I typically about like, I don't know, like 80, 90% of secular music I don't listen to. I, I typically just listen to Christian music or yeah. or whatever. But, um, um, and, uh, I do reference, I do reference other rap music though. I, I try to stay relevant and understand yeah. where everyone's going with everything. So I will like listen in just to listen in, not to yeah. pop my head or enjoy it. Um, but I, I will say I found myself a couple times, uh, where, where I've been doing that and, I kind of catch my mind going where it shouldn't like, I'm like, you know, uh-huh. and before you know it, okay, two days have gone and why am I still listening to it? You yeah. Know? Um, so like that was, that was something that, that was, that was, uh, within the past year, that was probably a, a recent conviction, uh, that I dealt with that, uh, you know, I need to kind of pull back from doing that, um, you know, uh, so much and, and, and yeah. keep a, uh, keep a There's limit a- on it. Yeah, there's definitely a limit that should be there. I've get um I I like stylistically, I, I like a lot of that music. It's not, not the horrorcore, but maybe like uh Ritz or Yellow Wolf or yeah. Tech Nine yeah. or whatever the case is. And especially stylistically, if we're gonna be relevant to the culture and, and bring something to the table, we have to know because there's a huge problem with Christian rappers right now. And I, I went through this and people uh some of my my brothers would talk down. I'm like, dude, I can't believe you're listening to that. We're supposed to be holy. I'm like, and I want to say, that's why your music still sounds like it came out in 1994, dude. <laughs> your music, your music is way behind it. And I swear I'm a hundred percent with this. Um, you have a lot of Christians, Christian artists who are in the gospel music scene. It's oversaturated with artists and they quit listening to secular music and they quit. Let's just say they quit. Let's, let's just say they got saved in 2000. And they quit listening to secular music in 2000 and 2008, when they get ready to drop their album, 2018, whatever their last hip hop reference is 2000s TI. It's dated. (laughs) Yeah, it's dated. And And so they're coming out with music that sounds and this, you know, they say that Christian music is seven years behind secular music or whatever the industry is doing. Um, and and it, it shows. I mean, you're doing music that sounds like old school Master Typically, P. Yeah. Yep. I did it. It happened to me. I quit listening. Yep. I quit listening to gangster rap music. And then years after, I wanted to start rapping. And my music sounded like old school C murder and Master P and crunk music, <laughs> which which we were in. We were in the snap music area. And I, I was... I had no idea what it was. And then I, I would hear it on the radio in passing, but it's not like you haven't heard it, but it's to be, it's to be relevant. And when you listen into people like Ritz, Yellow Wolf and Tech, for me, it's about the speed. Okay. Yep, it's yep. not that I, I'm not 
as fast as those guys at all. But if I can step up a little, because I love fast rap, right? So if I can step my game up a little bit to kind of what they're doing, just a little bit and speed and, 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 and speed it up, bring my delivery up, uh, listen to the beats that are, that are, people are still finding producers who are making beats that sound like they came out in 2000. And, and that's part of it. And so they, they kind of rag on you for listening to uh, secular rap, but it should be done in, in a sense of like, like you said, not entertaining what they're saying, but the stylistically, the delivery, because there's so many times and people don't know this, man, I've seen it um, um, so many times doing gospel rap. So years ago, um, there's a website called the south.com and this is where all the, the Christian rappers. Oh were. man, and there was yeah, a form there where, you, where, yeah, where you can actually share your music there, and so and get collabs and stuff. And so there was a dude named Mike Shelton. This is just one one example. I, I worked with Mike Shelton, but he would do he would do remixes to popular songs on the radio, and uh, he would do like uh, songs by Bum B and Paul Wall. He would take those beats and put his own lyrics to them, and he would release them in the Christian audience. Thought that those were his original songs enough to where people were, were watching like shows on MTV and they would play Paul Wall's music and they would write Mike Shelton and tell him that Paul Wall stole his music because they <laughs> thought it was his, you know, and he's doing remixes and stuff. And it's, so there's a huge disconnect when it, when it comes to the, the whole, you know, saying Christian music and people who are doing it. Um, it's just so far behind and they don't know what's relevant. So um, I, I definitely... Yeah, like I, like Stylistically, I said, man, like you kind of got to. I don't, I don't, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, with my ministry, it's from Juggle Little Jesus Freak, so obviously, you know, with me being linked up with, with Joe Hamblin like that, like, I'm yeah. I'm 100% against listening to that music, but yeah. um, as an artist, uh, or even as a minister, how are you supposed to minister about that if you don't know the what culture. that artist is yeah. saying? You yeah. know, um, so it, it, it goes both ways as an artist yeah. or as a minister. Yeah. Um, but as far as, uh, as far as going back out to the culture, man, um, that's, uh, the, the, my statement is always, if, if I can even reach one soul, it's worth, mm-hmm. it's worth, yeah. it's, worth oh, yeah. fl- it's worth the flack I would get from, from the churches. It's worth all of it. But, uh, yeah. when we go out there, um, and this ties in with what we were saying about, you know, kind of like, you know, uh, you know, having that temptation or whatever. When we go out there, we're not just going out there administering. Like we, we have prayer sessions. You know, we'll take turns. We'll go in the RV. We'll get on our knees. We'll pray. You know, you know. Like I gotta make sure my eyes and my heart are right. You know, mm-hmm. my ears are right. You know, because yeah. I, I mean, you out there, man. Even if you're on the main road, you're still hearing the music. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, there's there's girls there's girls walking around naked there you know oh yeah so, yeah, yeah, yeah you know god protect my eyes you know god yeah. god shield my eyes from from looking where i shouldn't uh you know so there's a lot there but um it's sad though like you were saying because it lacks in church you know we and granted i'm not going to say church church folk or, or church kids don't need to be ministered to because yeah there's there's yeah. even problems in church there's no perfect no doubt church. no doubt um the, every church has their problems and 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 that needs to be clear but um who's reaching out like who's reaching out like my my uh my good friend <laughs> uh, he my good friend he's 20 years older than me 
Um, but he uh, he's a former drug addict. He used to he, he was very big into coke. He was a very big alcoholic, and God delivered him on the spot. Um, if you check my YouTube channel, I actually uh, posted a testimonial. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, that, um, I've seen that. Yeah, I've he, seen that a while back. Actually, that's a that's a viral video. Yeah, he he did uh he did uh he does um he does dependency classes and Joe Hamblin, Joe Hamblin was, was, he was, he was a, a binge drinker. He was, uh, yeah. he was a drug addict, all that. Mm-hmm. Like, so, I mean, he does it as well. He even runs like a all men's ministry, you know, where he brings men in and, and they get them, you know, they get them ministered up yeah. and, and discipled and, mm-hmm. and get them clean. Yeah, um, real so deal. Yeah. these are, these are important things, things that seven does, you know, all these guys. And, and what's crazy is, is before, before I dropped the demon kill in 2010, I never saw anyone reaching out to the juggle culture like that. In fact, Christians Mm -hmm. would rather just boycott juggle culture. You know, you'd have the gathering coming to certain towns and (laughs) local churches, local churches would be wanting to boycott it, you know, like instead of trying to to reach out. Infiltrate it. Yeah. And and what's crazy is through our outreach and us doing that, we've, I mean, you know, Joe would contact these local churches and you'd be, it's crazy. Once you, once we meet with these churches and explain the culture to them and explain the, you know, the ministry to them, they're like, oh, we want to help. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so we'd have we'd have we'd have people coming and and uh you know volunteering to help minister we'd ha- we'd have churches packing sacks lunches um it is it, it was just crazy yeah, but, that's uh, awesome you it's, gotta be able to, you, it's a it's you gotta a be able to mobilize factor. the army of yeah. god man yeah it's a it's it's like a fear factor like the church is afraid to deal with that like I mean, and that's why look, they're here but that's yeah, why they're yeah. here but but <laughs> that's you the know disconnect. Like, yeah it, it's it's you're scared need, to deal with it. Yeah. You know, Christ, Christ said, "I came, I came. You know, I, I didn't come for the righteous. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so but so, call so wicked. yeah, the yeah. wicked to repentance, no doubt. So so, how are they going to find repentance if if we don't go out there? And yeah. you also got to keep in mind the majority of these people are never going to step foot in the church. Exactly. So we're the only church. That, we're the only church that they're going to see. They're the only Jesus. So, that so say, if yeah. we, yeah, if if we stay if we stay in the building and we don't go out there. You know, and walk with them. You know, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't have to partake of their sin or or, or 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 anything like that. The Bible actually talks about um, that your ways would make them ashamed. But mm-hmm. how are your ways going to make them ashamed if you're not if you're not around them? Yeah. You know, it's uh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's been a blessing ultimately to do that. One of the um the big things about the whole secular sacred divide thing that's that was a buzzword that was used with Lecrae reaching out and Lecrae working with secular artists and there's pros and cons. And as a Christian, as someone who's done Christian music, I don't, I don't consider myself a Christian artist anymore. Somebody's asking that in the, in the chat, but um, there's a divide there. Um, Lecrae, you can listen to these dudes music. They bite off of the secular artists like Lecrae, uh, Cannon, KB, these guys, you might not listen to the yellow wolf, but they do. <laughs> they do. That's why that's that's why their music sounds relevant for the most part. And even their their music still sounds behind because they're listening to the secular music, a, a album that may have been out six months to a year. They listen to it and they recreate it. And then it takes a while for that to come out. And so they're listening to the music of the culture and they're recreating it for the church crowd. Yeah. And so there's a and- bunch of, of punchlines and, and bars and, and, and rhyming schemes 
that I remember listening to Yellow Wolf. I'm like, what? Cannon said that. And Cannon took <laughs> rhymes from Yellow Wolf. I'm like, Cannon listens to Yellow Wolf? So if I'm taking you on top of the uh, Hollywood Valley, looking over the alleyway, I'm going to get balloon pop. It's like, Cannon took that and changed two or three words and took the same thing from, from Yellow Wolf. I was like, oh, my God. And he started hearing it more and more and more and them taking the beats and just like, oh, my goodness, man. They, they Jay-Z in it. <laughs> they are. And the weird, the weird thing about it is like, I don't believe we should be seven years behind, bro. I believe. And, and so that, that's why I've kind of I've kind of distanced myself from it. And I, I, I think that that, you know, what I'm saying what, I, what I'm doing is, is really different. Um that it's relevant. It's totally different. And it's okay to be different. It's okay to think outside the box and bring something different to the table. Uh, someone in the chat room, Chris Garner, he says, I told a guy who listens to a lot of NF, which we can oh, go ahead and say. I love NF. We love NF, but we know <laughs> NF loves Eminem. Okay, let's just say that. Okay? <laughs> he says, I told a guy who listens to a lot of NF about Truth Seeker, and he listened and called your music secular. Um, I guess I would call my music secular as far as it's not Christian. Like it's not, it's, I don't do gospel rap anymore. Um, and essentially when you stop doing gospel rap, it's when you make songs that aren't about the gospel or aren't about the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus. Right. Like they think that you have to put all of that in every song. And if you don't, then you can't be here. And they would like, they, they would say stuff to me back in the day, even when I did gospel rap, like uh, you, every song has to be able to lead, people to salvation it's like bro That's i can't i know right so, so you can't like make these a rules love, so you these can't rules make a love, that don't exist you know you can't make a love song to your wife or or, or no to your daughter. like you know what i mean like yeah. it's, it's ridiculous like i yeah. mean granted granted your faith should, should show through in every song that you that you are within those parameters um but but to say mm-hmm. i mean my album my my new album is full of the gospel but i got a couple songs that are just straight up personal I'm just, you yeah. know, and I even make, I even make some Christian references in those songs, but yeah. Um, and it should be, there's, there's nothing, it should yeah. be. Yeah. It, it, it should bleed through everything. Yeah, no doubt. So what, like, like this podcast, whatever we have on, I don't, this isn't a Christian podcast. Do you know what I'm saying? There's going to be people who, who, who have never been, um, in, in relationship with Christ and they're going to hear your story and, and you know what I'm saying? Your truth and what's working for you. And they're going to consider it, man. They may come through revelation of Christ through this podcast by hearing your story. And if we wouldn't have you on, or if we wouldn't be in a, in a place that was so-called secular, right? We used to give people hell for having secular music around us back in the day, man. You know, um, it's so funny, Chris. I'm reading these comments here. Chris says, uh, how dare you be Christian and talk about the Kundalini? <laughs> I love you guys, man. Um, Mr. Matty Moses says, uh, I feel like Azale Dine did a good job mixing in the Christian elements. No doubt, um, because because Azale Dying um, talked a lot about their personal struggle. Um, I think the same way this is going out on a limb, but maybe even some Tupac just essentially being Psalms. What, what are the Psalms? My enemies are chasing me. They're trying to kill me. God, I need you to help me. I feel like I'm going to die. I feel like I'm all alone. Please help. And this is David writing songs to God about his enemies about to kill him and chasing him. Yeah. And he feels alone. And so that's what that is. That's the poetry. That's art. 
It's like, uh, how, how are you to label? Like, I can't put my life experiences and what I feel, the stuff I'm wrestling with and be authentic. But you have to act like you don't believe that. You have to act like you don't dream that or have those emotions. You can't, you can't do a, str- a song about struggling with, with pornography because you're supposed to be set free from pornography, right? You know, all, all of this type of stuff that you can't, they've got these imaginary rules that they made up and they don't make any sense. Yeah, I, <laughs> and it's not just that, it's the bylaws that you, you typically see from from uh, from congregations. You know, they set up their own man-made standard for the church, and this is what you have to fit to be on the platform or yeah, I, that. And, oh, man. And it a got lot weird. Of, a it lot got of, weird at the end for of, me, bro. A lot of these bylaws, like, well, not a lot of them. If they're bylaws, they're not biblical. It's, it's something man-made. Like <laughs> they get weird, bro. Traditions of men is what the scriptures call yeah, it. Yeah, if 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 it's the Bible, okay, I'll do it. But but also at the same time, don't sit here and try to try to bring up uh, some kind of Leviticus passage. <laughs> I'm not a Jew. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, like you, you have to know your theology and you have to know the, the, the culture, the surrounding, you know, the timing, exactly. you, you have to, you have to ha- have all this understanding, you know, and, and yeah. you've got to understand, um, you know, the, the place and time of things, you know, yep. um, it, it, that, that's why the Bible says to study to show ourselves approved. It, you can't just you can't just read a King James version scripture and say, well, this is what it means. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah. yeah. You, you got to know <laughs> culture and context. You got to know idioms. You got to know what what the jokes were. Um, you know, you and I know I know people who study it. And I know people who who teach it and stuff. And there's so much stuff that it that's taught uh, in the American Christian Church about. Um, the scriptures and references and stuff that totally don't mean what they're trying to say it means, but it means the exact opposite. Um, things that are, that, that, that are being taught. Um, and there's so many things that are, that, that are there, um, that are just in culture and context and we don't get. And so a lot of that stuff, you know what I'm saying? Turns people away, turn, turns me away. Like you said, they, they try to put these laws on you. I think tithing is a, is a, is like, is like a big one. Um, because tithing is like, uh, if you read the curses on tithing. Oh, and, you mean like uh, Malachi? Yeah, Malachi? If, you, if you read Malachi, and, and if you can just go straight to those couple verses in Malachi 4 that says, I'm going to curse you if you don't tithe, and if you do tithe, test test me and try me in these areas and see that I don't rebuke the devourer. And so they, they'll grab those verses and start preaching them to us like God is speaking that to us. When you go back, like you said, and read the culture and context, or just, or just read the beginning of the chapter. You ain't got to be yeah, a Berean. Yeah. Just go to the just go to the beginning of the chapter, and you'll see because, especially um, uh, Malachi, because each chapter is addressed to the Levites. We are not Levites. Your pastor's not a Levite. If that if that um, yeah. is applicable for anyone, it's applicable for the pastors who are receiving people's money. And it's yeah. not even for him, but if it but if it was, it would be it's for, way more for him than it would be for us, the regular for, people that, in the church. Yeah, a lot a lot of people think that the tithe is supposed to be for the pastor, though it's not. The tithe yeah. is supposed to be for the church itself. Yeah. Um, and, then, and I mean, I personally, I pay, I pay I pay tithe, you know, mm-hmm. I pay tithes, and I I 
you know, I'm not going to get into that doctrinal view or whatever. But um, mm-hmm. as far as it being a salvational issue, a lot of churches preach it like you're going to go to hell if you're not a tither. That is not yeah. a salvation issue. Um, yeah. What it, about what about what is it? Uh, Deuteronomy 14 talks about like every four years you're able to to consume your tithe on whatever you want and like spend it on yourself. You never hear that preach. Like, yeah. hey man, <laughs> you guys keep your tithes this week. Go ahead, y'all. Take your wife out, buy buy a nice dress, you know, stuff like that. Like you'll never hear that. And there were so many different rules and stuff, but they they yeah. it's set up it's set up a system that is not biblical, man. It just really isn't. There's no way to spin it and and see what Christianity that Christ taught and Paul preached is totally not what we have today at all by any means necessary. But, um, but they do have a lot of good stuff that they're doing in churches and stuff. And I do appreciate a, a lot of, uh, what, what they, what they do and they help people and they, like, there's a, there's a form well, of spirituality that's reserved in the churches, <laughs> the prayer and, and worship and praying for people, laying on of hands, going into essentially going into trances while they're worshiping. I mean, you worship God with your eyes closed for 45 minutes, you're going to go into a trance. Like that was something biblically uh, practiced by the apostles and disciples and stuff. And uh, so I like to talk about that stuff. So I do appreciate that they still have that, that, and not all churches though, because some, some churches are totally against raising your hands while you're worshiping or, or drums in the church. You know, I've been around the block, you know, I know like I I said, man, like there's no church is perfect. I mean, Mm -hmm. every church has its flaws. I mean, and you got to understand because it's it's ran by humans, you know, I mean, you know, initially God is, God is over it, but I mean, you know, if if it's ran by human, it's going to have its flaws. But I I honestly, like, I can't understand the church that's quiet or like not, active and worship i mean when you when when you read how david was about 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 his uh about his faith or his worship whatever and then you Mm -hmm. you read about you know how we're to praise and how we're to have thanksgiving like there's nothing quiet about it yeah Um, so i mean uh for me i i I just i could there's no way i'd ever be able to get into (laughs) a quiet church service (laughs) yeah um Um, uh, speaking oh i was just gonna uh give a side note man uh, uh like Speaking about getting, uh, you know, getting kind of backlash from uh, from the church folk, whatever. Um, on a personal note, I had uh, I had this uh, this older woman, you know, uh, uh, a few months back. She uh, she pretty much she uh, criticized me for my mohawk and, and my earrings or whatever. On Facebook and, <laughs> or at church? Uh, no, it was it was at church. You know, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, it wasn't at church. What am I saying? It was. Um, it was at a it was at a get together, but she was a yeah. Christian lady or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I I pretty much you know I tried talking to her and I was being respectful, and then you know she just wasn't being mutual with it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and that was it. And then just just recently, this woman, uh, uh, you know, came to me and uh she brought up the scripture from Second Corinthians about being all things to all men. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and she was like, you know, I thought of you and I was like, wow, you know, yeah. I was like, you know, like you, you, you know, I was like, wow, I didn't expect that from you, but, uh, you know, her <laughs> perspective on me completely changed. Yeah. Um, so it's, it, 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 and it's crazy. Like, cause, cause I'm not going to lie. Like, and I don't, I don't really take offense from it from, you know, older. Yeah. You kind of learn, you I learn. Mean, yeah. I, I, you I, got pretty much, I, I, I pretty much, 
I pretty much expect that, and I don't. I'm not going to hold it against them. Yeah. But uh, but it's just it, it it was crazy for me to have that kind of run in. Um, what about at it, first uh, though? What like, about at first? Because like, because wow. I know I know you kind of had to learn that. So how was it at first when it was happening? Because I'm pretty sure when it first started happening, you started taking it personal, right? Uh, yeah. Honestly, um, it was to the point to where I almost wanted to uh, stop going to church and stuff. Yeah. No. 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 Not that. I just oh. I, I almost wanted to just give up on the on the music. You know, like, uh, or or at least the avenue I was trying to take it. Um, mm-hmm. It was, you know, I was just like, no, I, I, I said, you know, I, I felt like that was where God was taking me. But I was like, it was like, it was kind of like a Joseph scenario. Not not saying I was going through all these bad things like Joseph, mm-hmm. but, you know, it was like, what, you know, this is where you want me to go. But why, why isn't anyone seeing this? You know, why mm-hmm. is it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I understand, bro. Um, you seem you sound like you got a, a you got a little one who's uh, who's looking for you in the house, yeah. man. But uh, yeah. I'll say yeah. I'll say this, bro. <laughs> if you're seeing fruit and lives are being changed, stick with that. If it's working, and that's what that's yeah. what it's about. If it's actually working and you're being an impact to the culture, man, keep it up, bro. Okay, man. <laughs> man, thanks for coming on and hanging out with me. Yeah. You want to you want to go ahead and give your links out for so people can check you out. Yeah, man. Uh, you can find the Ride or Die album by Jay Payne on iTunes, Amazon, uh, Google Play, all that stuff. Uh, or the physical copies available at LightRiderMusic.net. Um, and you can also like me on uh, Facebook uh, backslash uh, Facebook.com backslash uh, Jay Payne Music. That's just J, not a J A Y. But uh, or you could just look up Jeremy Michael Payne or Jay Payne and. Uh, and get at me but uh i'm down to chop it up with anyone that's got questions or would want to hit me up yeah um, definitely man so love to have you back on sometime soon brother maybe maybe work with you again in the future man keep up the good work bro okay man all right shalom, shalom peace peace another episode of the true seeker podcast good stuff it sometimes it's hard when you got little ones right and and they're needy and so they want to they want to be a part of what you're doing. I was waiting for the door to open and um, a little kid to come walking through the, the, the room. You guys remember that video? There was a video of, uh, I think he was with the BBC um, over, I guess, in the UK or wherever he was. And uh, he was doing a, a live uh, feed from his office space in his house. And the door flings open in the background and uh, his little kid comes walking through dancing. And she's just so cute, man, this little bitty kid. And she comes, she sits on this table and the table, the table falls over and the books fall everywhere. And he tries to grab her. And then the toddler comes through in the little scooter or what, the little, <laughs> the little walker. She comes through the door and she's coming through with the kid and they're sitting there. Look, they're so cute. And then I guess it's the mom. She comes diving through the door and grabs the, the little walker and tries to yank, she yanks the kid by the arm and she's dragging him out. One kid's leg gets stuck and she's snatching him out the room. And this guy's just like on the live feed, um, trying to do a live broadcast and the kids barge in the room. It's, it's hilarious, but it's cute. The, that little kid is so cute. Come walking in there dancing. And he just like pushes the kid back and the kid falls off the table. It's kind of sad. But anyway, if y'all haven't seen that, um, type in like kid barges in on interview and, uh, maybe I'll, posted in the show notes just so you ain't got to do that but that's funny i was waiting for that to happen it's been so many times where uh we do interviews and stuff and, and the kids uh 
the kids want to get on the on the camera and sometimes they do you know or like a door will open and you see a little kid's head they're watching <laughs> they're watching their dad do an interview uh through the crack in the door and you can see him on the camera that's so funny man it's so funny so um yeah shout out to everybody in the comment section maddie moses what up chris garner yeah um let me this last comment uh chris says thanks for putting your story out there thanks to you too truth no doubt man yeah that's what it's about people not being ashamed to to share their story and and what's working for them and their belief systems and stuff regardless of of who believes in it and uh and who agrees or who who's there to actually try to validate their story right and once you get over the uh uh, aspect that you're looking for other men or other people to validate you. Once you get over that, once you truly find out who you are and know your mission and know your purpose, that there's nothing that anyone can do that can offend you or, or shock you or anything like that, because you know who you are, you know, your mission, you know, your purpose, no matter how far outside the box it may seem to others. And so you can just imagine I mean, some of you guys, even reading in the comments, you guys were blown away that this guy has had his face painted on here. But to understand the culture and where he's headed to, like, that's what they do. It's normal. So you could just imagine uh, Jay Payne going to a Christian rap concert at a backwoods Baptist church. And he shows up with his face painted red and blood coming off of his forehead, getting ready to, to rap and perform. And you could just imagine how awkward that that is or that would be. Um, it, it gets really weird. And like you said, talking about the different um, traditions of men and these different things that are expected of the, the, the church people, right? Uh, it's this, it, and so church culture is its weird own church culture itself. It's a subculture. Church culture is there's words and phrases that only they understand. There's what we call Christianese is using this really uh, weird biblical uh, commentary and, and word phrasing that only church people understand. You're not going to understand it with like a lot of stuff in the midst of a regular Christian conversation. Like we've had some of those people on here and I'm like, I know the majority of this audience does not understand what in the world we're talking about. You know? <laughs> Cause it's stuff that only it's idioms and stuff that only church people would get or only church people would know. But I mean, I, I enjoy talking about it because a lot of the, the weird stuff you're discouraged from talking about in churches. Like you can't, you can't talk about blatant things that are wrong or blatant things that are quirky or whatever the case is, or stuff that you're doing. You can't question the authority. And that's why I don't, I don't like to uh, deal with a lot of uh, the, the Western church. Right. Um, so Chris, Chris is uh Chris Garner is making jokes in the chat now. He says you may not be able to rhyme a word with orange, but you can rhyme a word with orange face, no doubt. And I think it was a red man. I think he does it red. He looks orange uh, on camera, but I think with the lighting. But I think it's a red face um, for the blood, even though it looked orange. But uh, yeah, he's a good dude. We actually have a song together. We he reached out to me some years ago, and we did a song called um, "Wake the Dead." It's not. It's not the the best uh, song that I've done, uh, not the best verse. And and there's a weird story behind that verse because I wrote, if you go back and listen to it, if you want to, you may be able to find it. I found it. I think I found it on Spotify or something. But um, just a little background on that um, verse was that I wasn't going to put out my album 
uh, spiritual alchemy and, and uh, all that. Most of the albums I've done, I had like a change of heart from dealing with the church people who, like Chris said, you can't be a Christian and talk about the Kundalini or you can't be a Christian or believe in Jesus and talk about this, or you can't do that. Um, I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm a, I'm a believer, but I'm, in, I'm into um, a lot of different uh, faves and, 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 and things that are just ring true universally. And I try to filter everything through the scriptures, but sometimes trying to be accepted by people, you, uh, if you live for their acceptance, you die by their rejection so um, that can that can be a whole lot of hell trying to find acceptance from the church crowd and from any crowd, really, that, that doesn't um, promote you being authentic. And for me now at this point, that's all that matters is being authentic. And I don't care what it is like when you thrive in being authentic and you can make a living by being authentic and you're not looking for anybody's acceptance and and uh, and you can do. Uh, what you are put here to do, you're called to do, your God-given uh, giftings, abilities, and talents, and do that and thrive in that, man, that is so envious. And that that's what moves the nations to envy, man, that you're beloved of God and that you know who you are and nobody can tell you who you are. Man, there was a long time where until I was able to come into that truth and be okay with who I am. Not that you're right about everything, not that you're combative about every other way or every other ideology, or you just accept that everything, right? But that you can approach every situation with love and with grace and not take anything personally anymore. That's the thing about it. Dealing with these church people, trust me, it's a headache. It is a headache, man. Um, most of these people don't know what they believe. They believe one thing one day, then the next day, if the pastor believes it. So dealing with them, it, it can be straight confusion, but, um, we still show them grace. We still love them, but to understand that they believe that way for a reason. And there's a reason that they believe it and the reason that somebody taught it to them. So to show everybody grace, whatever is the opposing point of view, whether if you're a Christian and then you have a problem with atheists or you have a problem with people who don't believe in God or whatever the case is like to show grace and understand why they believe it. There's reasons that they believe it. It just, most people just didn't come up with it or come to a conclusion. Like they've studied out something or if, you know, um, many cases with atheists or people, you know, if, if there's a loving God, why do bad things happen to good people? Does a loving God, why is there rape in the world? So there's questions that they never have gotten answers for. And everybody's different and you don't have to explain everything to if you don't have to like start from the ground up with every situation to explain yourself and how you got to this and why you believe it if that was the case i would be explaining myself until i'm blue in the face um and i've been there and there was a time where i was about debate and about breaking down belief systems and, and what i believe and explaining it to people and to, to hopefully win them over now we just proclaim our truth and let the chips fall where they may. And um, if anybody has questions, we, uh, I'd love to answer questions, but I don't need you to validate my belief system or my experiences. And this is something that you guys have to walk in as well to know who you are and to know your vision, know your calling, have a vision for the future um, and make it happen. And we're, we're, we're definitely discussing a lot of that on, on this show lately about walking in your purpose and walking in your destiny, walking in your calling and to see people doing it. And now I'm doing it. I'm doing this full time. This is what I'm put here to do. And I, this is just the beginning. But 
the podcast, the music, the art, the creativity that I bring to the table, I'm able to make a living off of my art and my creativity. I believe that we all should be able to do that. Whatever it is that you desire in your life, whatever you want to be, that vision that you had, grab a hold of that vision again. Know that God delights in you chasing your dream. I wrote a lyric uh, two days ago. I shared it with a friend. And in and, and the lyric says that um, I can face my giants and never be afraid. I can chase my dreams without chasing them away. To understand that it's, it's a good thing to chase your dreams. And those dreams are there for a reason. There's a reason you can't get those thoughts out of your head. I'm not saying all the negative stuff that comes through and there's, there is a warfare, there's a battle for your mind, but those thoughts about life and about creativity, about what you want to do, even if it seems so far away, you're looking at your life and you're like, there's no way I can see myself doing this. Like I want to do it, but I'm so far behind on bills and debt. I barely have any free time. I'm telling you, man, Start planting the seeds that you want to sprout tomorrow. Start planting them today. If you don't put nothing in the ground today, you can't expect to harvest tomorrow. Even today, even if you don't have any seeds to plant, break up the ground. Break up that hard ground. Begin to to plow. That's the, the spirit of John the Baptist was to go forth and be a forerunner to break up that stony ground. And then Christ came. And everyone was ready for the message. And so symbolically, we have to go forth and we have to break up that hard ground. And then we have to plant seeds. Then we have to water it. And then we have to tend to it. And we have to let the sun hit it. We have, to, we have to nurture it. We have to cultivate it. That's the same thing with your dream and anything that you want to grow, anything in your life. You can do it. You can achieve it and give God the glory in the midst of it. Because there's, so, there's just, and I have, to, I have to preface that because Coming out of the church realm, there's so many people that's like, okay, your heart is wicked. And there's scriptures that talk about your heart is wicked. The heart is wicked and deceitful above all else. Who can know it? And it goes back to what we're talking about. We have to know the culture and context and what it's talking about. It's talking about the desires of men. But then there's also scriptures that go forth and say that God has put the spirit of his son in our hearts that cry out, Abba, Father. And then it says, delight yourself in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. So essentially, to make a long story short, delight in the Lord, delight in all those things that are good. Let him become your passion. Let him become your desire. And he purifies your desires, the desires of your heart. Some, we may have bad desires. We have to submit it to God. We have to go through testing and trial and prove that this is, this is right and this is what we want. And, and what's, what's true What's honest will stand. You let the fire of God hit it, and it'll burn up all the wood, the hay, and the stubble, and all the things that are there that shouldn't be there. And what's left is refined by the fire and be even as fine gold, refined by the fire seven times over. That's what the fire is. And the fire is the trials. It's the things that we go through. But it's also getting in the presence of God and allowing his fire to consume us. When we look back on the scriptures and we see that in the Old Testament, it's all symbolic about where we are today spiritually. But in the Old Testament, they would make an altar and they would bring their sacrifices to the altar and they would burn it. It's the fire. And we serve a God who answers with fire. And this is a symbolic fire that we go through. This is testing and trial. This is how he answers. This is a picture. So bring your sacrifices, bring your dreams, your goals, bring it all to the altar, lay it down. 
Let the fire of God consume it. Let him test you, try you, and make sure that everything is pure, that there's nothing getting in the way, that there's nothing there that you want to exalt over God. And that's usually what it is. He just has to deal with your, your desires. And if he would have given you your dreams six years ago, three years ago, some of you today, if he was to give you your dreams today and give you a platform, you'd mess it up. You'd get on there, you'd be, you'd be uh, bitterness and resentment, and you'd use your platform to tear people down. And even not willingly, not knowingly, you would do it just because you need healing in certain areas. Trust me, every six months, man, we go through a, a, a season of breaking down and rebuilding. And you have to plant something. You have to do the work. You have to do the work spiritually. You can't just show up. You got to do the work. You got to show the universe. You got to show God that you really want this. And when you do that, you recapture that dream. The universe works with you. God works with you to recapture these dreams. It's the spirit of love, the peace and of joy. That's your inheritance, man. I'm telling you, uh, this stuff is working. This stuff is working. And I, we got plenty of friends who are creating the life that they want for themselves. Well, we look at Drew Gower, one of my right hand men who is, uh, he says it himself, morbidly obese, 400 pounds. Guess what the seed he had to put in the ground? He had to get up every morning, whether it's an hour early every morning, and go to the gym. Drew Gower has lost over 200 pounds, and he's been featured on the DDP. Diamond Dallas Page has been featured on his podcast. He's been flown out to Atlanta by Diamond Dallas Page himself, someone that Drew Gower used to watch on the television as a kid. Used to watch this guy on TV, flew him out to feature his story and to even offer him a position in some things that are coming up. Delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Work with me on this, guys. It's truth anyhow. I love each and every one of you, man. Thank you so much again from the bottom of my heart. Everybody who's supporting on Patreon, uh, you guys mean the world to me, allowing me to to do this stuff and, and, and bring these podcasts to you guys. And uh, they're blowing up. They're blowing up on the, the audio end, on, on iTunes and Spotify, iHeartRadio, the podcast apps, all of this stuff. Like the numbers are increasing. It just shows me that you guys are resonating with it. And, and that works. My inbox is blowing up. Um, people are, are, are picking uh, apart the podcast and little things that are being mentioned or certain guests that we have on are ministering to them. And, and I'm getting messages in my inbox daily of people thanking me for going there. And I'm telling you guys, people who are in big places of, of position and, and power are checking out what we're doing on this show. And it's really cool. It's really cool to get kudos from people who can't publicly thank me, put it that way. Publicly, they can't thank me, but they reach out and they say, man, you know what? Keep it up. God's blessing you. His hand is upon you. I'm thankful that you talk about this stuff because I can't. I'm in a position where I can't talk about what you're talking about and I can't be open with it. Thank you for putting your neck out there. So bless every one of you guys who are, who are listening to this right now. And I sincerely love you guys from the bottom of my heart. Um, shout out to everybody holding us down in the chat room. What's up, Raz? Shalom, my brother. I see you indigo trial. Try not to cry. Amen. That's what's up. Plenty of stuff coming. I got a bunch of interviews on deck. Um, new music on deck. It's coming. We're just going to be consistent. And 
I don't know when, but it's coming too. We're going to start doing, doing some stuff live. We're going to be, uh, whether we're setting up seminars to talk about some of this stuff that we discuss here and uh, do hands-on demonstrations with, with healing and speaking out uh, words of encouragement and really getting out there to travel and really see some of you people. So if anybody wants to make that happen, send me a message because we're looking for, for buildings. We're looking for places that we can come to with our message. So it's going to be uh, amazing. So I love each and every one of y'all. I'm going to say it again. Peace and shalom. Goodbye.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.